Coffee Conversations about Influence Marketing is brought to you by Influential, a strategic consultancy that takes the guesswork out of influence marketing for your brand. We provide much-needed strategically crafted frameworks on how to implement influencer campaigns specific to your brand needs. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Coffee Conversations about Influencer Marketing. As always, I'm Anne, your host, and today we're talking about the importance of word of mouth and choosing authentic influencers and authentic content for your brand campaigns. We also discuss the value of becoming an industry expert, aka industry influencer, to not only raise your own profile, but also as an employer to incorporate your employees into your marketing plans as industry experts, as your internal influencers. To talk to us about this is Pumeza Langa. Many of you probably already know her as the host of Sisterhood Hour on Twitter, an industry expert herself. But in addition to this, she's also a communications consultant, a speaker, and a freelance writer. So without any further holdup, happy listening. Good afternoon, Pumeza. Thank you so much for making time in your busy schedule to be with us today. Um, I know you've got a lot on your plates, and you're even a mother of a young child. So we really, really appreciate your time. Um, let's start at the beginning. Please tell um, hmm. our listeners more about who you are. So thank you so much for the invitation to join you today, and I really do really appreciate it. Um, Pumeza is a communications consultant. Um, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and I'm a host of um, Sisterhood Hour, which is my weekly Twitter chat, and also the podcast extension of that, which is Sisterhood Hour Conversations. Um, I'm a lover of all things that has to do with women empowerment and celebrating women and um, just putting the the agenda for women and progress and innovation and growth and learnings just forward and to just continue that debate in a healthy way amazing so we know you started uh, sisterhood hour which has been a great success um, in connecting and elevating female voices i've been following it from the start and you're just doing yeah. such good work there um Thank but you. how how did you start out and how did you get your brand out there in the beginning so starting out, I mean, it was literally something I stumbled across. Um, it was an idea that we came up with with two other gents, um, Nick as well as Katlejo. They were running another Twitter chat called Creative Chat SA. And when, you know, we were chatting about it, they were like, but you, you're really passionate about women's issues. Um, you've got that feminism thing going on. Um, why don't you have those conversations more and put it out there? Because there's more people who have these issues and questions um, and conversations, even offline. And I actually realized that was true because with my girlfriends and I, we'd chat about these things with my um, female cousins also. We'd have these different topics and issues and things that we go through and we realize that we go through it the same way um, and we just want to figure ourselves out and our lives out and move forward but we don't really know where to go to sometimes because you don't always have that older person to to talk to and to receive guidance from and there's some topics that we're not always comfortable about like having with our moms or our aunts or whatever so we go to each other and so it was literally a case of, okay, well, these conversations are taking place online. And I was seeing more of those conversations taking place where people were asking questions about sexuality, about marriage, about womanhood, about feminism, about all these different touch points um, that impact women. And it was literally a case of, uh, in, when was it? 2017 in April, 
that's when it started. That was my first sisterhood hour um, conversation. The tweet went out. I've only told a few people about it to like, just ask them to like, you know, join the conversation and share and retweet and let me know in terms of feedback, what they thought about it. And yeah, that's how it started. And getting the brand out there, it was literally word of mouth. Told a couple of friends about it. I was very nervous about shouting from the rooftops about it because I thought this is a new space for me that I was passionate about, yes. But also you don't want to, you know, go out there with light camera action and then you're thinking, oh my word, what was I thinking? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> it's very nerve-wracking, right? And also because you're not sure what the sentiment would be. And I had this idea of what I wanted it to be, but I just thought, you know what, let me, let me go. Let me just do it a little bit organically and just see how it progresses. And more and more week after week, I'd be like, Hey friend, don't know if you're checking this out, but you know, I've started this little thing and I literally was just so nervous about it. And I kept on referring it to a little thing, a little thing. And more and more people would be like, stop calling it a little thing. It's a big thing. It's an important thing. And, you know, that it just grew from there. And, yeah, just over three years later, we are still there. That's absolutely amazing. So how important do you think word of mouth is, especially when starting out? It's incredibly important. Um, it's where you get your, your biggest, um, in terms of feedback, mm. um, in terms of people saying to you, this is what worked. Have you considered this? I really enjoyed that. Um, please get this particular guest, um, on next time, but just to get that true sense of, um, we're enjoying it. We're loving it. It's not advertised. It's not promoted. It's really that organic, um, reach that you get to people and sometimes you actually the nice thing about it with word of mouth is you end up reaching the people that you really want to reach that you really want to speak to the right audience that you want to um, get in touch with and engage with so for me I think it's just the, the best thing ever so do you think um, not only is it kind of important for startups but also does it remain relevant the way you grow or down the line so to speak absolutely absolutely I think the, as much as you, you can advertise and you can put money behind whatever initiative or brand or product or service mm -hmm. that you are putting out there, people will still want to talk about it. People will still want to share the experience of it because people value the opinions of others and will rather believe what somebody else is saying and saying, oh, and recommended this place. Let me try it out um, because, you know, they're they're vegan or the service is really amazing or it's that hidden gem. I'd rather believe the word of Anne than some really hectically advertised place. And I'll go then I'm like, mm, not so great. So that word of mouth trust thing that's, that really, really ha um, has the greatest impact for whatever you're working on. So I think that leads perfectly into my next um, kind of point is that social media has become this extension of word of mouth. Um, mm. where people really have access to a world of peer-to-peer -peer recommendation now instead yes. of just kind of your friends, right? Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think brands should really, uh, brands are being aware of that. Um, but how yes. do you think brands should leverage this and how do you really do it to get your brands out there? 
I think brands should um, really listen to what um, consumers and people on social media are mm. sharing, especially if they want to release new something or they're trying to get feedback on what people feel about their brand and their products and services. Yeah. It's not enough to kind of do a dipstick measurement. You need to listen to the conversation. And social media, as much as the content, the conversations are flying everywhere, the topics are flying, they're changing. Um, if you can really take time and sift through the information, you can get the sentiment of what um, people and consumers and people who are loyal to, to your brand or even people who have just been recently introduced to your brand, they will share the sentiment. They will be the ones to either continue telling other people about your brand by word of mouth or they'll completely say, well, this brand is completely tone deaf. They're not listening. They're not engaging. They're not interested in what I'm, um, as Pumeza, is concerned about. Um, and they're not willing to engage with me. So you completely switch off to them and you don't um, share information with another person. You don't recommend it to anybody else. You're just like, okay, you know what? I'm canceling you completely. And it's, it's sad because they really is such value in terms of the work that brands can do to ensure that whatever message that they're trying to share with their consumers and to really connect with them and the relationship they want to build with them, they can really do that by just engaging and conversating with their consumers and with their loyalists. Um, in terms of well, brands leveraging with the influencer side, there's... there's so much opportunity, but yeah. I think it needs, it, it needs to it needs to really um, be a match, kind of match made in heaven. Absolutely. Where you, I mean, like last, I think a couple of days ago, there was something, there was a soap brand and they were using another influence and people were like, mm, but does she really use that soap? I know exactly what you're talking about. I was following the conversation um, and we can right? say it was Lifeboy and it was Sarah Langer. And uh, yes. people just kept on saying, what a mismatch between brand and influencer. Like, honestly, how much did she charge? And guys, I don't know her personally, but I can tell you Sarah Langer does not use Lifeboy. <laughs> but the thing is then, you know, it's one of those situations where you look at it and you're thinking, but what did Lifeboy, the marketing team and the internal guys, like what were they trying to do? And there were a lot of conversation with people who are in the industry. Yeah. And they were saying, but guys, you don't know what happens in the boardrooms. You know, you'll say that this is the yeah. amount in terms of the project and the campaign fee. And if your client is screaming at you and saying, we want this person because they've got X amount of following, they'll reach. And you're thinking, but how relatable are they? Have it's you looked at hundreds. their content? Have you looked? And it's, it's like, but maybe the market that does, for example, look at Sarah Langer and they follow what she does, that, that either could be the aspirational market, but you wouldn't necessarily say they use Lifeboy because they may be using Lifeboy, but they're not trying to keep using Lifeboy, right? You know, um, so that's exactly yeah. what you're saying. Like being in the industry, we all know you sit with clients, you can yeah. deliberate and you can suggest what you want. But if a client says, this is who I want to use because she's got the reach, you know, you kind of have to do it. But then True. when something like this happens, you kind of go, mm. but I kind of told you so. There's a complete disconnect. And I hear you, maybe her audience, but I can tell you now her audience is, is not their target market because the people who will follow Sarah Langer, it is for that aspirational aspect. Mm. They don't want to see her using Lifeway. They love that because she uses, they're already 
Gucci soap. You know what I'm saying? If they even make soap, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they could now. <laughs> they could now. Um, but it was horrible. And they were even mocking the that video she put up, where she was washing her hands oh, in the wow. kitchen. And people were like, but, yes. you know. Who does that? Who does yeah. that? So I think that's a fantastic yeah. point. You need to make sure that that match with your word of mouth, your social yeah. media influences, need to match your target audience who you want to reach. Exactly. And the thing is, it's not to say that you want to box your, your audience and your target audience in a specific category. No. You obviously, you want to understand that they are growing. They also have their own aspirations. It's just for that specific conversation or the specific thing that you're trying to release and whatever campaign that it is it's for that time being and you're not saying this is who you are this is who we say you are full stop there's nothing more to you you just want to say okay look we recognize this is a space that you're in we recognize that yeah. there's more to you but let's talk about what we're doing now does it work for you how does it work for you let's conversate and grow with them you know as time goes because you understand that everybody's growing everybody's moving forward yeah. so you have to keep that in your mind as well as a brand to understand that your influences your audiences um they they're changing they're growing so you have to be fluid in that way you have to understand and keep engaged and keep it tuned you know to tuned into what they're about and what they're doing what's interesting to them so hence the the always tapping into the conversations that they're having I think that is such an important point. Um, everyone is always growing and you can't just mm. box your consumers into like this year, this is what they li like. And in five mm -hmm. years, you think you still have the same audience with the same kind mm. of aspirations and kind of what they do in day-to-day -day life. So I think that is incredibly important to stay tapped into your audience, know what they want and what they want from yes. you. And when you yes. use influencers, use the people who actually fit that kind of yes. you know, vision which i think is important as best as possible yeah, yeah. agreed so social media and influencing we i think now that we've discussed this there longer life boy thing is like we mm. know it's not mm -hmm. just about beautiful people posting beautiful pictures right yes although uh, that is a big part of it when you go into the beauty side of things <laughs> you know um i've got a face for podcasting so i'm i'm good i'm happy here very comfortable oh, <laughs> But I think there's a lot of platforms that um, is also used to position brands and the individuals as industry leaders, right? Yeah, so yeah. how important do you think it is not only for individuals to do that, but also for brands to, to actually leverage on that, to use those platforms to position the people who work for them as these industry yeah. experts? It's absolutely important. Um, it's, I mean, if, as a brand, you're not using the platforms that are available to you. They're not just using them willy-nilly. You have to be very strategic and understand what each platform is about. Yeah. Um, and understand what it is it trying to achieve because that's when you'll get the greater value. Um, so brands need to be aware and it's important that they use these platforms because then they'll reach different target audiences. So whoever's on Instagram is not necessarily on Twitter, it's not necessarily on LinkedIn, it's not necessarily on Facebook. Um, or on an in, or checking out your website and your website's blog, so it's every every platform has a different way of ensuring that they get the message across for the brand. But you're speaking to the audience, but your message is not the is not different. It's the same. It's very consistent. Yes. But you're not losing anybody. You know, you're not missing out on an audience member because 
you haven't thought about Instagram or you haven't thought about LinkedIn. Mm. But it's so important that brands understand each platform and tailor the messaging and ensure that they've got like a feedback um, mechanism in terms of ensuring that if um, audiences come back and say, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, and just engage with them because I know I've, I've said engagement and a lot since That's we started fine. chatting <laughs> but it's it's, it's that two-way um communication because you're not just shouting mm. from the rooftops as a brand and saying this is what we're about this is what we would do buy our products consider our service and full stop there needs to be that two-way communication between yourself as the brand and your consumer and your target audience and those platforms are the perfect places to position yourself as a brand and to ensure that you you connect with the individuals on a on a real and meaningful um, kind of level. But I think um, we can both agree, and I think everyone who's listening can agree that mm. people don't buy from brands. So even if mm. they're putting out this beautiful curated, you know, messaging on all their platforms, yes. people still see that as a brand, right? They're not going to be like, yes. oh, come on, guy. But if people who work with that brand, real people yeah. who's absorbed in that brand, actually yeah. use these platforms, and I think especially LinkedIn, to yeah. position themselves as those expert industry leaders, people start listening mm -hmm. to their advice. And then, you know, what fo follows from there is like, oh, Anne works for this company. Um, she's mm -hmm. an industry expert, but I see someone else, her colleague as well. So they're obviously the best of the best. And that's who I should use okay. if I want to use use the services of that brand i know it's more b2b but i think it's like a great way to position people as industry experts for their own gain but also for their companies they work for no absolutely absolutely i mean i love linkedin and what i've been looking at it the last couple of weeks especially during lockdown mm. um just to see how people have really kind of shifted the way that they post content or share content um, even organizations are also kind of more aware that you know sentiment is very difficult right now people are very yeah. there's a lot of emotion there's a lot of uncertainty so they're not just punting you know how amazing they are they're trying mm. to be very aware about what's going on in the world and how people are impacted and it's great when i've seen some um some of the people that i follow and some of the really big organizations where even their content, yes, I mean, they've been pretty fired and there's a poster here that's been created by the digital team. It's cool. <laughs> but the words um, that they post, you can, you can read that it's the person who mm. typed that up. Um, yes, there was a, the messaging that they had to stick to, but it was real. It was something that I could connect with. And because of that, you know, there were some people that I sent a message to and I'm like, I'd really love to connect with you. Um, this is, you know, why? Because you're, this is the brand that I love that you work for. But I can see the, the person, I can see the humanity behind the brand. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of organizations are, are missing that connection with an individual. Because I look at the brand, I need to see that it's got a heart. Absolutely. That it's got a soul because then I can believe what it is that it's telling me. So if I can see that the people that who work for the organization or who've worked on a campaign previously with that brand, that their content is real and that it's relatable, that they're not portraying this amazing image um, mm -hmm. for the socials and it's 
pretty beautiful pictures, but it's real. They can share that, you know, they took this really amazing picture with their family, but two seconds before, it was just like chaos in the background. The kids <laughs> were screaming, the house was a mess. That's the content that I want to see. I don't want to see the perfect images. The perfect images are gorgeous, yes. But show me when the kids had just thrown everything on the carpet and you were like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Where you burnt your meal, where you locked yourself out your car or your house and you just sat there and you're like, oh, okay, it's starting to rain. Brilliant. Wonderful. (laughs) What else could go wrong? Show me that. And the more I see brands connecting with individuals, even influencers who can share those experiences, Mm -hmm then when they tell me a brand messaging story and they're part of a campaign to convince me that this new cereal for their kids is amazing, then I can believe that because I'm like, oh, you know what? I saw you sharing a story about how, you know, your kid threw up on you before a photo shoot. I can believe that because, hey, that happened to me once kind of thing. And when brands understand that, that's amazing. And they can use that on platforms and really generate authentic and real numbers and engagement and a true following. And if they can translate that kind of authenticity and share stories and share their content, yes, it can be stats and all those wonderful things. And they can translate that and put that on LinkedIn. Then I can, it's not two different pictures that I've got in my head of these brands. It's one picture, but it's, it's the understanding of the business aspect of things, but the human side of things as well. And I think a lot of brands and a lot of companies miss that so much. And it just ends up feeling like, okay, so I can't connect with you emotionally because at the end of the day, if you're asking me to spend my money, girl, you better be connecting with me. emotionally. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that is such a, a good point to make. It is at the end of the day, why we follow so-called influencers or certain people Mm. on all our platforms is because first of all, yes, I love the subject matter and I want to learn more and I I really enjoy that kind of thing, depending, you know, what it is and who it is. But I also think it is so important what you're saying. You want that connectedness. You want that relatability. Like you say, Mm. There's, you can put this beautiful picture on LinkedIn, oh, not on LinkedIn, but on Instagram, so of your family portrait, photo, and you'll scroll yeah. past and you'll be like, geez, this person's kids are so well behaved and they look like right. they've got everything together. You know, yeah. that's not really who I am, but oh, okay, you know, that that's nice. Yep. But the moment you swipe <laughs> and there's maybe a picture of all the carnage beforehand, you go like, you know what, so connected with this person, yeah. so relatable. Exactly. Exactly, and, and I think during the COVID crisis on all the platforms, Instagram included, mm. LinkedIn, um, Twitter, Facebook, you see more and more of the real content. Yes. And I think it's because we as a humanity, as a world, are basically all in the same position now. Yeah. So yeah. we can Absolutely. relate to working from home in your sweatpants all day, no makeup <laughs> unless you have a Zoom meeting, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to keep your your life together and i think people exactly. and brands need to embrace that and they have been mm. which has been amazing to see that that real human kind of voice is coming out and i think that's what you were saying as well you're starting to see the humanity behind the brand through, exactly. through influences but also through the actual brand who's now kind of being empathetic 
Exactly. And that makes a huge difference because then, I mean, once COVID ends and we kind of like go back into, go out into a new normal and when lockdowns are completely over, you remember the brands that you connected with during COVID. You remember the brands that made you feel like, oh, okay, you know what? Yes, I'm having a bad day, but it's okay. You remember the brands that didn't just um, bombard you with products and services and trying Mm -hmm. to sell you something. You remember the brands that made you feel like, you know what, you're going to get through this. You're having a tough day, but you know what? You're doing great, you know? So you, that for me, there's so many brands that I'm just like, sure, you know what? You made me feel good. (laughs) It was a tough day, but yeah, actually that was amazing. Most of you know that Influential is our podcast sponsor. But did you know that my co-host Anne heads up the agency? And that is the first ever boutique agency in South Africa that specializes in developing strategy for influencer marketing. Anne and the team are experts in the field and have spent years warning their skills and knowledge about influencer marketing and at some of the country's biggest PR and media agencies. The moment that you think you might want an influencer campaign, Make sure to call or email them first because without strategy, you might not have the outcomes that you would like and are looking for. In addition to talking all things influence on this podcast and also puts together the fantastic influential newsletter that comes out every month. And this is another way for you to keep up to date with the industry. The link to latest newsletter is in the show notes. Check it out. And if you like, please subscribe. And contact details are also on there. Let's keep the conversation flowing. Do you think a lot of brands have been using influencers during this time to actually convey mm-hmm. that feeling and get to reach their audiences in authentic ways? Um, gosh, that's a tough one. <laughs> they are, I don't know, like it, it's been a mixed bag actually mm. from, from some of the brands and influencers. There's some that, you know, like, when I see their post, I'm like, oh, it, it makes sense. Like from the feed that they've got, you mm. can see that even before the campaign came through, they were already sharing certain information. So those brands, when they match up with the influencers, it's a perfect match, match made in heaven. Yes. And then with some others, you're like, mm, I'm not sure. Like I, I don't get that, not necessarily warm and fuzzy feeling, but where I feel like, this makes sense that this is compatible this is a match but it the feels, authenticity is just not there yes it's not there and i don't know i think i've always also been on like the the side of the the pr side where you mm. you want to share the story you want to make sure that um when people look at something they connect with it yeah. And they are the ones who carry forward the message. So when you see some of the campaigns, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes genuine sense. They're, they're, they're speaking to the audience and they're speaking to yeah. them in the right way, in the right tone. Where others, I'm like, kind of missed the mark, but, you know, go okay. for it. You do what you've <laughs> got to do. <laughs> go forth and conquer. But doesn't that come back to, like you are saying, that compatibility like make sure mm. the influencers you choose for every campaign is actually the right person match. for that campaign. Yeah. They're the right match with your values of your brand, Do the right match with yeah. the audience that they speak to. And that's when it will exactly. land. Um, exactly. And in that, we need to tell the story. It can't just yes. be like smack bam, here's, here you go. And, 
and that's the thing. I mean, even before um, COVID happened, like there were some campaigns you looked at and you thinking this works and others mm. were just thinking, no, it's not. This is literally phone a friend. And there is that debate <laughs> where... I love <laughs> that. Phone a friend. <laughs> phone a friend. And the thing is, like, I've, I've seen um, some of the threads that when like, the really amazing people who, who are in the space, they, they'll share. They'll be like, guys, if you think this is how it works in, in influencer marketing, mm. this is how it works. You can have the great engagement. You can create, have the great feeds. But sometimes it's literally your client saying, I want that specific person or these are the five people that I want no debate, no nothing, mm. like because they, they just want to position themselves in a certain way. Whether yeah. the brand connects with the influencer, connects with the audience, connects with the work, like they just don't care. They just want, they mm. want that name and that's it. And it's hard because when you're on the other side and you're like, you're trying to convince your clients, you'll be like, no, 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 no. We're not trying to do that. We're not trying to spend all our money in one go. This mm. is what we're trying to do in the rollout. It, it becomes that tug of war. And what do you do? You know, you either let go of the client and you're thinking, okay, well, if you want to do what you want to do, go for it. I'm not going to stand for that. I mean, are you going to stand on principles to do principles, pay your bills? Um, mm. it, it becomes, it becomes very, very tricky. It really does. Look, I think um, it's, it's a good lesson for everyone listening who's marketers that kind of let the professionals do what they do and advise you. Mm-hmm. But I also think with um, like tech, like the um, web referential tech that we have, mm-hmm. we can literally go in and show client mm-hmm. why we are saying certain people should be on the campaign and we can show exactly. them the compatibility stats and we can show them exactly. the audiences they speak to. And I think that, to your point, makes it easier to um, to mm. get clients on board instead of yes. shouting out names. You go like, that's all good, but let me quickly show you what that means if we do a campaign. Exactly. Um, so I think in that, it's uh, maybe four or five years ago, people mm. would have had a hard time to convince clients to say, look, I don't think you should use these guys. You know, yeah. let's go get compatible people. But now we actually have yeah. the stats and the data behind it. To back it up, exactly. To back it up. And if a client then still says, no, but I want X, Y, and Z, then, you know, you can do what you want to do, uh, run the campaign, and then show them what the results were. The results and hopefully yeah, next time nice. they listen. They listen. Sure. But let's quickly chat about being an industry expert. Um, mm. LinkedIn, I've learned about LinkedIn so much over the last year and a half. I've really gotten mm. into it. Before then, I was literally like, LinkedIn is where you put your CV on for when you want yes. to find a job. <laughs> and that's kind of it, right? Yeah. And then I learned the secrets of LinkedIn. And LinkedIn is wonderful. I'm in love with it, right? Mm, it's amazing. It's amazing. So someone like you and I, or actually anyone <laughs> in any industry, right? Yeah. Go mm. on to LinkedIn. They know what their niche is. The algorithm is amazing. If you stick to your niche, it will push you to as many people as possible. It's fantastic. So once a week, you do a post about your industry. There it goes. Um, And like I say, you use the two, three hashtags for your industry. You are already positioned in that industry. You get amazing engagement. Like it's unreal, actually. So I know a lot of 
individuals use it to position themselves as industry experts. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I also know that a lot of companies also use their employees on there to position mm -hmm. themselves as industry experts, but also make the company look like it's kind of the best solution somewhere to go yes. if you need our services B2B. So yes. um, that actually means that every person kind of becomes a bit of an influencer for an industry, mm -hmm. right? Like, do you think that is the way to go in 2020? I think it is because I think, I mean, I've always believed that organizations, they, their first brand ambassadors are the employees. Yeah. If your employees have buy-in on who you are, what you're about, what you stand for, you're good to go because they're the ones who will be telling friends, family, the Absolutely. teller, the person down the street, how amazing their organization is, what their brand's about, what the product and service also is about, and how amazing it is. And if you can get that right, then, you know, that's half the battle one. Then you can supplement that with all the advertising you want. So now when you take that and you put it onto LinkedIn, you just take it to a whole new other level because as the organization, as the brand, yes, you have a presence on LinkedIn and you can also share the information. Yeah. But when I see a Anne sharing information, information and mm. she's sharing her ideas and her thoughts and her experiences within the organization but within the industry then i'm going to really pay attention because it's not just to say the organization is an industry leader it's mm. to now say but how as an industry leader um are we affecting change this is my story as Anne. this is my experience as Anne within the industry within Correct. the organization and it has that level of realness and authenticness because then i'm looking at it and i'm looking at you as someone who's an expert um as an opinion leader and it's not necessarily you are just waving the flag of the organization that you're working in yeah. you yourself you understand the industry and you understand the topic and you're not afraid to share your opinions and your thoughts and it's it's a really great thing because then employees are positioned as as leaders as opinion leaders and it doesn't take away from the organization. I think for a long time, companies, they didn't want their, um, their staff to have a voice. They didn't want them to say anything. And it's great to see um, some organization understanding that to get buy-in from the public and to get that real engagement and that real feedback um, from the public, you need to let the public see a face they need to connect with a person and a personality mm -hmm. as much as we can believe that brands have personalities i want to connect to an individual that Absolutely. i can chat to i can have coffee with and they'll be like oh okay and what are your thoughts on influencer marketing yeah. what are your thoughts on communications what's happening in the globe what's happening in your industry if i can have that conversation with you that one-on-one -on -one conversation and i feel like it's one-on-one -on -one, um that's even great because then I'm connecting you to the to the brand and organization and the industry, but it's not to take away what the brand and organization is doing, but it's also just putting you, you know, as a thought leader. And who doesn't want that? I mean, when if you go into the next position, your organization should feel like, oh, okay, cool. We contributed to her greatness. Mm. So let's keep encouraging her. Let's let her do her thing and just support that and it shouldn't be a, um, 
anything that makes companies nervous, they should put their, for, um, their, their employees forward. If they're interested in the specific subjects, help them, train them, assist them in coming up with the content and let them post it and share it. No, absolutely. And I think that circles back to word of mouth. As an employee, yes. I am going mm -hmm. to have an opinion on where I work, who I work for, yes. um, the yes. industry I'm in. When I'm sitting at brides, at dinner parties, when I'm speaking to other people, one yes. on one, I'm going to talk about it, right? So why not exactly. translate that digitally? If you're an employee that's buying in, get that employee yeah. online. Like you say, train them up so obviously they don't embarrass. <laughs> I do not. Yeah. I do. Because I think that is where a lot of organizations, it's not that they don't want the employees to have a voice. They're just scared they're going to damage the reputation of the company. Yes. So yes, it's really important definitely. to hold their hand a little bit and say, okay, you really love where you work. That's amazing. Yes. So let's train you to put that digitally, not just at the, you know, around the bribe. Let it be digital because then that is your most amazing advertising platform Absolutely. because you're hearing it from other employees who are saying this is the organization to work for because it's amazing and look what they've done for me you know what more can they do for you i mean that's exactly. really great advertising who wouldn't want that and also if you're a happy employee people are more likely to want to use those services right because they're like well they treat yes. the employees amazingly well they've got these experts working for them they're the best yes. i can get Exactly. I love that. So it's, it's a win for everybody. It literally is. So <laughs> what do you think is the potential benefits of an of a organization or company using mm. their employees as online influencers potentially? It would definitely from from clients getting new clients for your products and services. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to sign on new people, then that's the best way. Like you said earlier, if people are looking at your um, employees and thinking, oh, okay, your employees are happy and they know what they're talking about. So that's yeah. where I should take my business. Um, also, it positions you as an organization, as, you know, as the employer of choice. I think a lot of organizations are trying to position themselves that way, but yeah. it's, it's some, some of it is a lot of hot air, but now when you, when you look at it and you're seeing that, oh, okay, the, the content that's being shared by people who work there, it's real and it's genuine. And sometimes it's not even a case of looking at just LinkedIn. Let's look at the other platforms as mm. well, because we can carefully curate it on LinkedIn. But what are people saying on Twitter? What are people sharing on, um, on Facebook? Absolutely. And, um, and it's not to say to, to employees, don't use social media. Obviously, have your policies. We all know that. Mm. Um, and just ask them to share what they want to share, but share them in a nice way. But to, to speak their truth about the organization that they're working for. Um, but also for the individual, I mean, they're the ones who are going to be seen as someone who understands the business, understands the sector that they're in. Mm. It raises their profile um, to, to really go further in their own career. And I mean, who doesn't want that? I mean, they really can, you know, flourish from being seen as an expert and a thought leader. Absolutely. So, Bixie, we're almost finished with our conversation with you. Mm -hmm. I know. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> <laughs> I've had such a great chat with you and I'm hoping all our listeners found value in what we were saying about influences, using your employees as influences, and just the real word of mouth that it is influences yeah. these days. So yes. before you go, please can you give us three tips on using social media to becoming industry experts if someone out there wants to do it? Um, I think the first one would probably be about authenticity. 
mm-hmm. um really sharing like real content that's real and true to you especially within your niche so if you've identified your niche yeah um just be authentic about it share what you share um understand what your niche is about as well and then be a subject matter expert as best as possible but be willing to learn more because the other people who are in the space that you're in and in the niche that you're in um who can also teach you Um, and share information with you so but be a subject matter expert be willing to learn more um, and share other people's content as well Um, and then the content that you share um, try to make sure that it adds value Mm. Um, and wherever possible if it can add value it doesn't have to be groundbreaking changes the world Um, but if it can add value to just one person then you've done a really great job in terms of what you've shared and yeah those are my three i actually love those three because it's so attainable for anyone to do it's really just sitting exactly. down really thinking about what your niche is and then go forth yeah. and add value exactly absolutely we can all do it absolutely so Pereza, where can people connect with you online Online, you can find me at Pumeza underscore SHH on Instagram and on Twitter. And on LinkedIn, it's Pumeza Langa. And then on email, if you like to email me, it's sisterhoodhour at gmail.com. That's sister with an A. So that's S-I-S-T-A-H-O-O-D-H-O-U-R at gmail.com. Amazing. Thanks again Mm -hmm. for making time for us today, Pumeza. And we hope to speak to you again soon. Thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed this. It was a great conversation. I can't wait for the next one. Nor can I. Have a good one, Pameza. You too. Thanks so much, Anne. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.